Welcome to the Archives of Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. The guest in this program was Paul Coverdale. At the time we spoke, he was the director of the United States Peace Corps, having been appointed by the first President Bush. Not long thereafter, he was elected to the United States Senate from the state of Georgia. Our discussion concerned the nature of the Peace Corps and Coverdale's role as the agency's director. This program was originally broadcast in August of 1991. basis as well. So 
hopefully it will become the incentive for me to get my Spanish back in shape. In, in our discussion uh, this evening, I would like to uh, talk about the in-country processes, the goals and missions, and a few aspects of being a volunteer, and also about the recent 30th anniversary of the Peace Corps. Oh, that'd be um, fine. To begin, are in-country directors political appointments? They are not. They were until around the mid-80s. Uh, and then by legislative act, uh, they were made to be uh, non-political appointments. Are they required to be uh, fluent in the host country language? There's no requirement for that. How many are fluent in the host country I language? I would say probably 75%. That's an estimate. And how many countries does the Peace Corps serve in now? 87 how many of the host country directors are former Peace Corps volunteers? Um, that figure is going to be around between 80 and 90 percent. If, if you count returned volunteers and or former staff, it gets very, very high. Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, when it was, a po prior to the time it was depoliticized, uh, the figure would have been very, very low. After depoliticization, well, stumbled over that word, but after we uh, removed it from the political process, it became very high. I personally believe that it should be a balanced, uh, a balanced process. That somewhere two to one. Two to one. What? Sixty-six percent should probably be coming from return volunteers and and from uh, former staff, but about a third of them, I think, should be new Americans that we're exposing to the international experience. I think it's always, we always must keep in mind that the Peace Corps is, uh, is an eyes and ears for the country to the world, and uh, along with our five-year rule, which we may want to talk about, uh, we want to keep, keep bringing more of the country into it. Uh, briefly, I think we can cover the five-year rule, as I understand it, by saying that no one person can be affiliated with the Peace Corps for more than five uh, consecutive years. That is essentially correct. There are a couple of uh, loopholes that would get some a six-year or some of them even up to eight and a half years, but at that juncture, there is absolutely no option. So you do have built into this agency the concept of turning people over and and exposing the agency and its mission to as many Americans as possible. And I think that's a very important concept that the early founders should be commended for for that action, and it ought to be defended. How long have you been affiliated with the Peace Corps? I'm going on uh, well into my third year. Can you briefly describe, uh, and I do move along quickly so we can pack as many questions no, in That's okay. Uh, can you briefly describe for us the goal or mission of the Peace Corps now? Yes, it's the same as it was 30 years ago when it was founded, to transfer technical knowledge where uh, requested to teach the world about what America is, and number three, 
to bring knowledge of the world back home to America. Those were the three goals in the original charter and act, and they remain that way today. Is an FBI check still required of all Peace Corps volunteer applicants? No. Uh, when was that changed? I'm really not sure. It has not been in effect since I've been here. I would, I've heard of it. I'm going to assume it stopped somewhere in the 70s, but I'm not sure. What rights do in-country volunteers have to freedom of speech? In other words, to disagree with the policies of the United States government? Uh, total rights as any citizen of the United States. Uh, the only restrictions and or restraints on the volunteer uh, relate to being engaged in the politics of the country there in which they're working. But in terms of the policies of the United States, they have every right that any other citizen does. When was that policy changed? I know that as a volunteer in Peru, I had a uh, television show in which I spoke out against the United States invasion of the Dominican Republic uh, by President Johnson, and I was chastised for that by the Peace Corps. Um, I don't know if it was a, ch you know, when you have, and as we do now, 87 country direct, when were you in Peru? I was there in uh, the mid-60s. Well, you probably had 50 countries to 60 that were being, uh, in which we had this partnership at that time, which means you've got 50 to 60 country directors. Uh, a lot of personalities come into this, individual interpretation. I think if anybody had ever formally challenged you, uh, you would have prevailed because the constitutional right that you have as an American citizen cannot be abrogated by anyone or any agency. That was my understanding, but I think it was, although you, I, and, I, and, I... And as we know, it's not a perfect world, and, and probably... Uh, somebody stepped out of line if they were giving you a difficult time for speaking about U.S. policy because it was certainly a right to do so. When I was a volunteer, monthly reports were required, and I have subsequently found out that those reports were reviewed by the embassy and made available to the CIA as the embassy felt appropriate. Is that still the practice? It certainly is not. I'm surprised to hear that it was then. Uh, it's, there are no reports filed, uh, the embassies, uh, and I have to say, again now, we have 87 different relationships, but I find today that the ambassadors of the United States serving in these countries have a very healthy understanding of the Peace Corps and its mission, of its autonomy and that it must be held apart from the embassy, uh, that it is in not involved in any way in intelligence gathering. There can be no relationship whatsoever with the CIA. As you probably know, the director of the Peace Corps uh, may never have been uh, affiliated with uh, the CIA, and that you may not have been involved in any intelligence activities for at least 10 years. So uh, there's there's a very, very healthy uh, set or established procedures, law, etc., that uh, keep P 
Peace Corps away from that kind of activity. Now, whether this was a phenomena brought about by the personalities in uh, Peru at that particular time, that particular ambassador, that particular country director, well, I don't know. Another example, uh, I was required to provide a list of Peruvians friendly to the United States before I could receive my final discharge papers and my personal passport uh, from the embassy. It sure sounds like you were involved in a very unusual experience. Uh, When I I refused, they told me that I uh, couldn't have my papers. So the way we worked it out is I went to the yellow pages of the Lima phone book and gave them the address of, uh, the name and address of the uh, (laughs) Chevrolet, uh, Ford, and Coca-Cola dealer. And they were happy and I left. Well, it shows you that once again a Peace Corps volunteer is innovative. Well, we try, but that's uh, no longer a requirement. No, and I'd I'd be surprised if it was then uh, a broad policy. I would be shocked. Although, uh, you know, at any given time, you, you, you tend to believe that what's in place now has been the general policy all along. Certainly, as I talk to the historians of Peace Corps, I, I do not hear them talking about uh, a Peace Corps that was operating under dramatically different policy than we are today. Obviously, there were nuances. But you, I'm going to suggest that probably the situation was unique and dealt with the personalities that were uh, in control of the program at that time in that country. Uh, I'd like to talk about the current volunteers generically, if we can. Sure. When I was a volunteer, most of us were in our early 20s, recent college graduates, and we were generalists. Uh, I understand now that there is a different focus on the volunteer. Can you briefly describe what that is? Yes. If you were a volunteer today, you would most likely be 31 years of age. Uh, You would have an equal chance of being a male or a female, you, uh, if there's one in ten chances that you would be 50 years or older, and the odds are at least 50-50 that you would be a degree-specific person, you would not be a liberal arts uh, graduate. So there's been a significant change in the demographics of who is an American Peace Corps volunteer. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, 30th anniversary of the Peace Corps that occurred in Washington the first four days of August. Yes. At the Peace Parade on August 4th, you marched in front of the uh, the line that uh, carried the banner and the flag of every country where the Peace Corps uh, has served. Uh, the conference was sponsored by the National Council of Returned Peace Corps Volunteers. Correct. Did the Peace Corps, the United States Peace Corps, provide any services or facilities uh, for this conference at the 30th anniversary? Yes, I, there was. I understand con- the conference cost about $400,000 to put on. I have, I have no knowledge of what the conference cost. Uh, there was considerable uh, liaison between the Peace Corps and the conference. Uh, The conference was advertised on all, and has been advertised all year on the various publications published by uh, the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps published a 30th anniversary book uh, 
background and situation of every country that had been served by Peace Corps. Uh, the Peace Corps paid for and organized a career tent, career fair tent, and sponsored the Saturday night reception for uh, those volunteers that did not have specific groups for which to attend. They called it the Orphan's Reception. And uh, in general, tried to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know the dollar figure that the Peace Corps donated to or, or helped in putting on the conference? I sure don't. Uh, I would guess that probably, uh, and it's strictly a guess, that the investment would have been in the range of Oh, around $30,000, but mm -hmm. it, it would be hard to... How long do you plan uh, to remain as director of the Peace Corps? Mm, I'm not sure. Um, I had always uh, thought in my mind that it would be one tour. I knew it would certainly never exceed five years. I, don't, I, I really don't agree with that, although... I think the last director who was here eight years did a marvelous job. I, I feel that, uh, that at, at the end of five years, you would definitely, uh, in keeping with the five-year rule, bolster it by not going past that. Any truth to the rumor that you're running for Congress from Georgia? Well, there's a lot of speculation about it. Uh, at particularly in Georgia and somewhat here. How about in the director's office? Well, you hear, you do hear it, and and I, it, you know, if, as I've indicated to people, I've obviously been approached by that. I've given it some consideration. Uh, just not sure. If you had to decide by um, three o'clock this afternoon, what would you do? I'm not sure. I guess I'd wait till three o'clock. Okay. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners about the Peace Corps? Yes, a couple things. Uh, one, I think they they would want to know that it's been a very... The, the world, as it's changing, is, it has become very interested in Peace Corps. And Peace Corps is now serving in, in over 25 new countries in the last two years, and that's a very exciting time. And I think everybody associated with Peace Corps ought to be proud that its legacy is such that so much of the world would seek the relationship. You're referring in particular to the Eastern European no, countries? No, I'm not. Uh, there are five of the 30 countries that are in Eastern Europe, but obviously, uh, very simple math, that means that there are 25 countries in Africa and in our own hemisphere and in Asia that... Uh, have reached out for the Peace Corps, from uh, Uganda to the Congo to Zimbabwe to Laos, uh, Mongolia to Chile and Uruguay, how about Panama, Nicaragua. How about China? China, I think, next year. Is, the, is VISTA, Volunteers in Service to America, still associated with the Peace Corps? No, it is not. That separation occurred in 1980. I think it was a healthy one for Peace Corps. Uh, VISTA is part of action. Uh, it, the program is still in effect, uh, though much smaller.
think they're around 1,500 to 1,800 of volunteers, but I, it, it's not in my jurisdiction and I don't have the exact numbers. Do you think that the separation is still appropriate? Yes. Um, I think Peace Corps, uh, the independence, I think, has been very healthy for Peace Corps. How many volunteers are there now in the Peace Corps? Approximately 6,000. The trend line is moving from basically 5,000 toward 7,000. Uh, we, as you know, had several evacuations as a result of the Persian Gulf crisis, and that blip is in there, but if you, that's an unusual phenomenon. If you remove that, you basically show a line where you're moving past 7,000 towards the end of 92. What is your response then to what uh, Sergeant Shriver, the first director of the Peace Corps, stated at the 30th anniversary gathering that Peace Corps and VISTA ought to be combined and we ought to focus on the problem, problems at home so that we practice at home what we preach abroad? Well, I, I, I agree with him in part, and there are others that I'd have to think through. I have, I have spoken to... Peace Corps' domestic responsibilities time and time again, and I, it's been one of the points I was going to mention that we've not talked about is the fact that we have locked Peace Corps or interlocked Peace Corps with educational institutions all over the country in the last two years. 2,000 elementary classrooms in all 50 states, 20 uh, universities around the country to engage Peace Corps' knowledge of the world uh, with America. In other words, taking returned volunteers into uh, the classroom. Yes, and active volunteers are being connected. We have 2,000 right now that are connected and during service communicating with the teacher here at home. So I agree with the, the theory of bringing the circle to a closure of taking this enormous asset and making it more available here in the United States. Whether or not the procedure for accomplishing that calls for merging VISTA uh, with Peace Corps, uh, that, that's something that I'm not prepared to say that that would be the best route to go. But I certainly uh, think it's an idea that uh, from an innovative man who knows a great deal about Peace Corps and certainly worth a lot of discussion. How about taking the technical knowledge that we uh, transfer to uh, countries other than the United States and using that in the inner cities or uh, the uh, less economically advantaged rural areas of the United well, States? Well, now that's what I feel we're doing. Uh, Peace Corps Fellows USA, uh, you heard me just mention the 20 universities. They've been brought together into a consortium to receive returning volunteers in advanced degree programs. Uh, scholarships are associated with it, and the caveat is that the volunteer simultaneously works full-time in an at-risk American situation. So, as we're talking here today, there are 50 returned Peace Corps volunteers attached to Columbia University that are teaching math, science, and biology in Harlem. In San Francisco, uh, San Francisco State has become part of that consortium 
and the return volunteers there will be teaching bilingual classes that are sorely needed in that city. And at Auburn University, they will be working in the disadvantaged rural communities across the Cotton Belt. Are there any opportunities to work with the rural communities in Appalachia or yes. in uh, various parts of California and, and many of the other states there, where people work right with, uh, volunteers work right with the communities in need, either on water purification, water delivery, immunization, or other health programs? Ultimately, there will be. The program currently is heavily driven by our education sector. The returning volunteers seeking an advanced degree in education and teaching in an at-risk school. But we have six work sectors, education, agriculture, health, environment, business development, and urban planning. And we envision universities being involved with us in each of those sectors, which would allow volunteers to, to develop and use the skills they've been using overseas and, and with problems here in America. That program is now 15 months old, and we're not fully there yet, but we envision, as it matures, the ability to do much of what you've just said. If people are interested in becoming involved or obtaining further information about the Peace Corps, how do they go about it? Well, they ought to either write the Peace Corps uh, at an area recruiting office uh, or here in Washington, 1990 K Street, 20526. That's 1990 K Street, 20526. And an 800 number for people who are interested? We do not have an 800 number now. How about a... Uh, we have a recruiting office there uh, near you in, in San Francisco. I don't have that number with me. I have my number, which is 202-606-3970. And uh, that number would allow any person to... We could get them any information they wanted. Well, Paul Coverdale, Director of the United States Peace Corps, I certainly thank you for your time and attention on this interesting topic of world affairs. Well, it's certainly been fun talking to you. Uh, I wish you the very best, and thanks for the invitation to be with you today. You're very welcome. Paul Coverdale was the Director of the United States Peace Corps at the time this program was originally broadcast in August of 1991. Not long thereafter, he was elected to the United States Senate from the state of Georgia. Copies of this and other editions of Radio Curious can be found on our website. There are over 750 archives on our website, radiocurious.org, and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.